Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, everybody. This is Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and I want to wish you a happy and glorious New Year. And isn't it wonderful to know that we can uh, follow Jesus in 2023 and that uh, we not only get a new year, but we get a great forever. So knowing the Lord is a wonderful thing. And I want to share with you one of my favorite verses that I think is very appropriate for uh, the new year. And that's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, Messiah, he is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. I remember the first time I read that verse as a young believer. And uh, all I could say was, wow, this is happening to me. Unbelievable. You know, my life was changing and I really wasn't using self-discipline or anything else. It it was just my life was changing because my heart was changing because I was in love with Jesus and he was transforming me. And uh, it's just a wonderful thing to think about new starts and new beginnings. And so we're going to talk about some great new things that are happening, but we're going to reflect a little bit about what God has done in 2022. And so to share this joyful New Year's moment with me is Bobby Walter, the director of our work in New York City. Welcome and Happy New Year, Bobby. Hey, Mitch. Shalom to you and Happy New Year and uh, shalom and Happy New Year to everyone who's out there listening. Uh, We're really uh, feeling good going into 2023. Mitch, I'm sure you'll agree with me. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Lord does in this coming year. I know that it's it's a new start and a new beginning. Uh, I remember when I really understood that my sins were forgiven and that I had a new life. Boy, I'll tell you, I was only 19 when I got saved, Bobby. I think you were the same age, yeah, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, 19 years and, old. And we, Every, everything changed. And we had done a good job of messing it up, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, the Lord just took us from there, transformed us, cleaned us up, set us on a rock, and, and has moved us forward all these years. And we have the great joy of spending every waking moment of our lives, really, either sharing the gospel with Jewish people or figuring out how to share the gospel with Jewish people. And so it's been a year of really fantastic accomplishment, and I have a lot to share as well. But I know, Bobby, you've been right on the ground in Brooklyn and have had some really wonderful high points of ministry. So tell us, Bobby, what are, what are some of the things that happen uh, in your ministry that really gives you joy? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, things were opening up more, uh, and we had more opportunities again to meet in person for ministry, for outreaches, for congregational events. And one of the highlights was uh, this Jewish woman who's been coming to our local congregation here in Brooklyn called Beth Sar Shalom, which means the House of the Prince of Peace. And uh, this Jewish woman is the mother of a young Jewish man who recently came to faith, who has been discipled and has been a a part of our congregation for the past three years. And after great convincing and uh, persuasion, uh, she finally agreed to come to some of our holiday events here in Brooklyn. So she came to our Passover Seder. She came to Rosh Hashanah. uh, And 
you know, Mitch, as you know, when we celebrate these things in our Messianic congregation, the focus is on Jesus. The focus is on the Messiah. And this woman, who, again, has no problem telling you how she feels or what she thinks about something, she was left speechless after both of these events because of the message of the gospel that went out. Now, she hasn't come to faith yet, but I want to ask you and, and honestly, all of our listeners, if you could pray for her. Uh, pray for her salvation because it seems like she's getting closer and closer. You know, Bobby, that's a that's a great ministry our listeners can have in partnership with Chosen People Ministries. There's so many ways you can partner with us, but one of those ways is by intercession and through prayer. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, great things happen when when God's people pray. And so we'll lace the next couple of minutes we have together with you with prayer requests. So. Bobby, this is a great prayer request. She's a wonderful, wonderful Jewish mother. So pray for the Jewish mother. <laughs> we we, we yes. can't give her name. <laughs> Anything else that really touched you this year, Bobby? Yeah, so another highlight was at our summer camp. So um, Chosen People Ministries, we have a one-week sleepaway camp called Camp Kesher that we do on the East Coast, and we have one on the West Coast as well. And my wife and I, we help lead the East Coast camp. And this year we had about 75 campers, and these are young kids from Messianic congregations and churches uh, on the East Coast. So really from as far north as Boston and as far south as uh, North Carolina and everything in between. And throughout the week, the theme was Own It, where we wanted to encourage these young campers to take ownership of their faith to really consider the claims of Jesus, the claims of the gospel, and, uh, and make their faith their own. And it was a really powerful time. We saw the Holy Spirit moving in the lives and hearts of these kids. And by the time we got to like Thursday, Friday night, you know, the kids are worn down and, and honestly, all the counselors are worn down too. But it's always like the best times of worship. There's been, you know, four or five days of getting to know each other and running around and, and having all kinds of fun, but also doing devotions together, worship side by side and hearing the Word of God proclaimed. And on Thursday night of camp, we had 10 kids raise their hand to profess faith in Jesus for the first time. Uh, and then wow, later what that was, evening... What was, the, what was the age range there, Bobby? Oh, yeah. So, the age range, uh, these are kids who are 8 to 16. So, it's, you know, it's a wow. good, uh, good range. But it was, uh, again, just a really powerful week where we saw the Lord moving in the lives and hearts of these young people. It's wonderful. And then something happened later in the evening you were going to mention? Yeah, yeah. So, later that evening, uh, we had a baptism service uh, where two of our younger counselors who had kind of been, you know, waffling in their faith a bit, they rededicated their lives to the Lord and, and they were baptized that night. Wow. You know, uh, pray for our camping programs. We have, actually, we have camping programs in many places. Chosen People has been around since 1894, and we've been doing camps since 1895. And uh, Rabbi Leopold Cohn and his son Joseph Hoffman Cohn, our, our founding family, they used to take immigrant Jewish kids who left Eastern Europe and uh, ended up in Brooklyn and uh, in this urban setting and really needed to get some fresh air. And, and, you know, you get kids away and there's an opportunity to really talk to them about serious things and to have fun, but to talk about the Lord. And uh, so, the Coens did a great job uh, really building chosen people over 125 years ago, in part from our camping program. So, this is very important to us. And mm-hmm. so, we had 70 kids in, on the East Coast, and that Hebrew word, kesher, which means connection, is just such a great word for the camp. And then we have a 
dozens of kids on the West Coast. And, you know, Bobby, we, we have six camps a year in Israel, hmm. sometimes with 60 or 70 kids. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And at the end of last year, we had a camp that was only made up of Ukrainian and Russian Jewish immigrants to Israel, where their families left with probably only uh, the shirt on their back. And they, they came to Israel. We found them because we have a lot of Russian and Ukrainian speaking staff members. And we, we brought them away to uh, the Haifa area and uh, to a hotel and had a wonderful ministry with them. And I would say of the 70 or 80 kids there, not one of them came from a believing home. Wow. Wow. What, what an opportunity. What an opportunity for evangelism. Well, before time runs out, and while we're on the topic of uh, Israel, there is something that's coming down the pike that's brand new. And right at the end of last year, six years of searching for a, a new facility in Israel uh, finally, finally became a, a matter of a real joyful reality because we found a 4,000 square foot commercial facility across the street from where we now have a rented facility in an urban uh, community called Ramat Gan. Now, Ramat Gan is part of the greater Tel Aviv area. And the greater Tel Aviv area has the largest concentration of Jewish people in the entire world. Hmm. Sorry, Bobby, I know you want to believe it's Brooklyn, but we're a mere million. <laughs> the, the greater Tel Aviv area, but of course that's one borough, but the greater Tel Aviv area has over 4 million Jewish people. And there's a corridor between Tel Aviv and some of the quote unquote suburbs, although they're all very, very urban. Uh, it's about a four mile stretch where you probably have five, six, seven hundred thousand Israelis. And Bobby, there's not one church, messianic congregation, or missionary group. Nothing, nothing. And so we have been planting a community of faith among Israeli believers, mostly younger folks in their mid-20s, mm -hmm. in Ramat Gan, and we really needed a place. And uh, we, we had a nice rental facility. We still have the nice rental facility. But you know, if, if there's typically a lot of antipathy against what we believe, and sometimes landlords can ask us to leave, particularly if they come under a lot of pressure, Mm -hmm. uh, from the Jewish community, from some of the Orthodox Jewish people in the, in the community. We understand why people feel that way, but we don't like being on the other end of it. Right. And uh, we've done so much to build a reputation in this community that we, we, we hate to leave. And so we've been praying for six years and looking that God would provide us with a place. And lo and behold, it's right across the street uh, from where we are. And it's right on the light rail. In that way, Tel Aviv is like a lot of urban cities where you know public transportation is very critical to what they do and so we we just rejoice in this now here's what's interesting how the lord confirms things so i went and signed the papers and uh, even got to witness to the developers <laughs> it's wow. a public company one of the more wealthy individuals in israel a wonderful dear guy in his, his 80s who's still working 12-hour days i think and I got to share the gospel with him and with the CEO and this chief financial officer of the firm. And uh, it was really great. And they had watched my video and I found Shalom. Oh, wow. And the chief executive officer said to the founder and the owner said, hey, um, 
you should watch Mitch's story sometime. And he said, tell me about it. So I told him my story, gave him my testimony. Wow. He asked some good questions. And so the cherry on the on top of the cake was was not only did I get to sign on the dotted line for a commercial facility that's just perfect for us, but I got to share the gospel. Then I went over across the street because we were having an outreach concert at our Ramat Gan Center. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, that night was the largest number of people we ever had. It's a small facility. It's only about 1,600 square feet. And we had about 110 young people all Israelis, average age of about 23, hmm. probably 90% of them are believers, and about obviously about 10% are not. And I, I mean, I couldn't even move. And uh, there were a, a group of what we call anti-missionaries, ultra-Orthodox Jewish people who were opposing us, standing outside the door. And the young people kept going out and sharing the gospel with them. Wow. And before long, I noticed some of the anti-missionaries sitting off to the side reading a book. I think they got they got tired of opposing us because <laughs> the young people were giving them too much trouble. Wow. And these young people are, are bold. They're, they're all soldiers because they've been through the IDF, the Israeli uh, Defense Forces. And um, obviously the Hebrew is uh, more than perfect. Their English, not so good, but not bad. But, they're, but the Hebrew is perfect. And so this is a new generation. Bobby, it is actually a second generation movement of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And so that's our last request for you to pray for this building. We have to raise the funds for it. We have to get it built. Uh, it's kind of raw space. And then we also want to pray for the young people in Israel. Many are coming to faith. They're on fire for the Lord. And I know that they're going to enjoy. This community center is for them so that they can have a place to bring their friends and family, share the gospel with them in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we would appreciate your prayers, and we're looking forward to just great things in 2023. Well, it's that time of year when we turn on the holiday music, decorate our homes, and prepare our hearts and minds to spend time with our friends and family. But with all the excitement this season brings, many people are surprised to discover that Jesus is Jewish. And the Hebrew scriptures spoke of his birth, death, and resurrection. And so, if you'd like to explore Christmas through Jewish eyes, we'd love to send you a copy of our Christmas booklet today. All you have to do is visit us online at chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. Or ask for the free booklet, Christmas Through Jewish Eyes, when you call 888-293-7482. That number again is 888-293-7482. Thanks. We look forward to hearing from you soon. And from our family to yours, let me wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and a Happy New Year. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And right now we're going to hear a story from Ronit Schreiberg. Shortly after Ronit's sister accepted Jesus as the Messiah, Ronit began reading about the various messianic prophecies that were written in the Tanakh, what we call the Old Testament. And much to her surprise, all of them pointed to Jesus. Absolutely not. Do not look into this. Are you crazy? I got the message loud and clear. This Yeshua was not for us. I grew up in a family that was 
um, I would say like conservadox. My mom grew up orthodox, my dad grew up reform, and they kind of switched places. My dad became more orthodox and my mom became less. We kept kosher, we did, you know, place for milk, place for meat. It was always there, always present. We're Jewish. And I was very happy to be Jewish and I never wanted to be anything else. I used to go to shul and we'd sit there and we would pray along with everybody. And I'd keep up with English because I didn't always understand the Hebrew. And a lot of the time I could feel God's presence there. I just felt like God is here. But then I would go and I would pray and I wouldn't hear back. You know, I liked synagogue. I loved the liturgy. I loved the tradition. I liked even keeping Shabbat, which, you know, isn't always popular. But I liked it. But there's a certain emptiness that was there. It's like, you know, there wasn't power. We always talked about God theoretically, but not personally. And I was so hungry for that because that's what you see in the Tanakh. There came a point after my bat mitzvah where it was just so clear that I kept praying all the prayers and I wasn't hearing. And I started to ask God, why? Why is that? And that summer, a cousin of mine came to visit. She'd just become a believer in Yeshua. And then she started talking to us about, you know, Yeshua, could he actually be the Messiah? Really? I mean, what? Jesus is Yeshua? Jesus could possibly be the Messiah? It just seemed so, what? Something went off in my brain like, well, we're waiting for the Messiah. What if he is? How can I find out if he is? I went to church with her once just because I was curious. And it was crazy. I was surrounded by people that were running around, that were worshiping God. They had their hands up. They were jumping. There were some people my age. There were some people older. And I thought they were all insane. And I was not at all interested in what was going on. But I felt something different. And then my dad found out where we had been. All hell broke loose. My dad freaked out and nearly kicked my cousin out of the house. And she was staying with us. He did not speak to us for two weeks. I talked with my sister and my brother because, you know, we were, had all been together. You know, what do you think? Could he be the Messiah? And my sister was horrified. It was like, I just asked the most horrible thing ever. And I could feel this like wall come up, like, absolutely not. Do not look into this. Are you crazy? She said to me, go and look into our own religion. You don't even know enough yet to even think about this. So I started on a path to become Orthodox because I figured that was the way to know God. So I started to look into the prophecies. I wanted to find out, you know, who is the Messiah? What is the Messiah supposed to do? What do people say about the Messiah? As I read, the one that stood out to me the most was was a prophet like Moses, a prophet like Moshe, and that everything that he spoke, we would be responsible for doing. And I just kept thinking like, who is a prophet like Moshe who did miracles like that? Somebody on that level. And there'd never been anyone like that, really, except for Yeshua. 
So my sister went away for a year to kind of find herself. And, and when she got back, I knew that something had changed inside of her. I noticed such a difference in my sister. And when you grow up with somebody, you can really tell when they're faking it or when they're not. And I could see that something so significant happened in her life. She had a deep anchor and I needed it. She ended up becoming a believer in Yeshua. I wanted that dream. I wanted that vision. I wanted that lightning experience for God to prove that He's real to me. And finally, I heard a clear voice in my heart saying, you've heard enough, you've seen enough, it's time to just believe. I couldn't deny that Yeshua was real, but I was faced with this dilemma of my dad my friends. What's going to happen? It was such a big struggle in my heart. You know, do you go with the truth or do you go with what's comfortable? But you know, at the end, I just, I couldn't say no. I knew he was real. I knew he was true. And it was like, okay, I'm doing it. It's happening. My dad was like Mount Vesuvius erupting. He was so hurt. You know, he took it very personally. Like, why are you betraying me? Why are you, what did I do wrong? Uh, your grandparents would be rolling over in their graves if they could hear this. You know, it would have been better if I was a drug addict than believe in Yeshua. Anything, anything except Yeshua. Whatever the cost was, I figured it's worth it. I love my family more than anything, and I want them to accept me. But sometimes when you say or you choose a side, you have to choose it and you stand on it. I mean, to have a close relationship with God, the truth is worth it. Life with, with Yeshua would be worth it. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'd like to learn more about this weekly program, you can find us online at chosenpeople.com radio. We've got lots of resources available for you, and we even have a free gift for you just for reaching out. We sure do, Bobby. And before I tell our friends about our free offer, I'd like to say thank you for supporting this radio program and the ministry that we've done in 2022. We could not do what we do without your partnership. Thank you for standing with Israel and with the Jewish people and for your consistent and fervent and faithful prayers and financial gifts. So thank you so much for making the last few years a season of great accomplishment and encouragement. And thank you for partnering with us in the coming year. We know God is going to continue to do great and wondrous things in 2023. And when you let us know that you're listening, we'll send you a copy of our holiday booklet, Christmas Through Jewish Eyes. You can request it today online at chosenpeople.com forward slash radio. Or you can request it when you call us at 888-293-7482. That's 888-2-YESHUA. That's the Hebrew name for Jesus. 
And that's all the time that we've got for today. So on behalf of our entire team, let me wish you a very happy new year. Now here's Marty Getz and Mitch to wrap up today's program with the ironic benediction. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'er panavelecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasem lecha Shalom, v'yasem l'cha shalom, v'yasem l'cha shalom, v'yasem l'cha shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.